0: Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunaugh.
1: Welcome back to Apply Filters, episode 52. Today, Brad and I get back into what we've been doing for the last few weeks after we've taken a small break due to some traveling and other things, and also talk about some of the new changes in WordPress 4.4. Before we do that, though, once again, this episode is sponsored by the WP Ninjas, uh, the creators of Ninja Forms. They just recently published the Alpha 4 version of version 3.0, so they're getting closer and closer to actually releasing version 3. So if you want to check it out, we will include a link to that in the show notes. Um, and also, the WP Ninjas are going to be at WordCamp Miami here in a few weeks. So if, you, if you're going to be there, make sure to find them and say hi, and thank them generously for their continued sponsorship of Apply Filters.
0: Definitely. Awesome. So.
1: All right. Where have we been, Brad?
0: Yeah, good question. Uh, so, <laughs> well, there w- we, we were supposed to record an episode with Brian Krogsgaard and do kind of like a cross episode between us and him because he has a podcast. Uh, what's it called? The Post Status Podcast? Is that what it's
1: called? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. And he's probably going to yell at us if we got it wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. We're looking forward to that. Yeah, so there was a little scheduling conflict there, and then we went to the community summit and WordCamp US, which was like a week-long thing. So, you know, now here we are already, so it didn't take much to, yeah. to knock well, and off you yet. know,
1: the week, always the few days after a conference are always a little bit behind and hectic, and then because the conference was a full week long, yeah, we took a little bit longer. Yeah. I might have might have slept in a few times
0: <laughs> it was like a double conference right like i had to dig deep for this one like it was it was like it was rough man uh, and the parties like i there's parties every night and staying up late and oh, man, yeah i, I think on
1: average at least for me it was like 7 a.m to 2 to 3 a.m every day for a week straight and i was just beat by the end of it oh i know but it was a good time
0: Oh, it was great. Um, I I was really impressed with Philadelphia and the weather there. I I had really low expectations. (laughs) I thought it was going to be miserable and cold, uh, but it was really nice while we were there. It was was
1: nicer in Philadelphia than it was here in Kansas, and I'm a lot further south.
0: And the city is really nice. That's the first time I've ever been in Philadelphia. Um, It was
1: my first time too. Yeah, The area around where the conference was was just excellent. So uh, It's actually going to be at the same place next year, uh, and tickets are already on sale. So if you didn't go and you would like to go, uh, WordPress US is definitely one that I would recommend.
0: It's so huge, right? Like it's, yeah. um, that's, so many people there. that was the mind blowing part about it. Like I, I thought, I thought, you know, working at Miami was pretty big. Um, and it is pretty big, but this was like, it felt like, like twice the size of Miami. Um, I don't know, like have you, you've been to San Francisco before, right? Yeah. How how did it compare to that? And,
1: uh I think it was bigger than any San Francisco WordCamp has been. Not not hugely bigger, but definitely bigger. Right. It felt bigger to me. And some of that might have just been because the venue itself was enormous.
0: Yeah. It I mean, was that, really cool. It was a really cool yeah, venue. That
1: conference center is designed to hold, I think, twenty to fifty or even two hundred thousand people. And we had like <laughs> 3,000 people there 2,000 people something
0: like that yeah it was cavernous it was
1: like yeah, the,
0: rooms, the rooms the rooms, tallest were.
1: escalator I've ever been on
0: yeah yeah it was cool though I what one thing I really loved about it was the the hallway was always filled with people so like at any point in time if you wanted to chat you just go out there and you'd find people to chat with yeah. yeah
1: the hallway track was really really excellent at this work camp
0: yeah so yeah I'll, I'll probably be there next year
1: I think we're going to try and do a, a full company meetup there.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, we might do the same. Uh, awesome, been, we'll see what happens. Um, so, what have you been up to, man?
1: Well, um, actually, during WordCamp US, I think we we did it like during a session. Even we pushed out the first beta version of Use Digital Downloads 2.5, and since then we've at, we've pushed out a second beta as well. Uh, and we we published some blog post over on our development blog that describes some of the new things that are in it. Uh, for for users, 2.5 isn't all that different. There's a few nice enhancements to it. Like we built a, a new product exporter so that we have a better product to CSV export system. So just some general bug fixes and some other general enhancements. Um, but the main thing is in the foundation of the platform. Uh, So we built a new class called EDD payment. And because it's e-commerce, everything revolves around the payment records um, or some people call them orders. We call them payments. Up until now, payment data in EDD was pretty messy and kind of difficult to interact with. Like they're, they're all stored in the WordPress post table, which has its benefits and cons. But. Like to to access any particular piece of information or update it, you would just call get post meta or update post meta, which meant that you needed to know the proper meta key and all of that stuff. And like creating a payment record was really, really tricky. Like you had to know exactly how to do it. It was a it was a multidimensional array that you had to have just right. And it was it was silly. It was it was one of those poorly designed things from the very beginning that was just it's kind of difficult to change. And so we never really did. We slowly iterated on it. But in 2.5, we, we built out a new class called EDD Payment, which makes interacting with, creating, updating, deleting payment records really simple. Uh, and so that's going to really,
0: be, that's gonna be a nice for developers then, right?
1: Right. It's purely meant for developers um, and our, and for ourselves, really. Um, so like, if you want to update a payment record or if you want to add a product to a payment to give a customer access to it or whatever you want to do, it's now super simple. Um, and we actually... Just uh, We just pushed out a blog post this morning uh, that gives some examples to show kind of how you can interact with and how you can use it. So for anybody that's interested, go check that out. That's probably the n- number one thing in 2.5.
0: You, so you didn't actually make a change to the underlying data structures. You just created a better
1: interface for it. Right. right. Now, it's really something to, that's really, really important to think about is... So previously, every, all of the data was accessed, updated, interacted with, et cetera, through the, the metadata API in WordPress, update postmeta, get post meta, delete postmeta, et cetera. While that's fine, at some point in the future, we want to really look at the possibility of migrating to custom database tables for EDD. EDD payment is one of the first steps to doing that because it has now abstracted the access methods to that data. So we can now change where the data is stored without affecting anybody if they are using EDD payment. So it it will actually make it a lot easier for us to manipulate how the data is stored in the future, which will be huge. Um, We had a couple other things in there. We added some some tools for recounting or recalculating stats and earnings. Uh, We improved some of our settings organizations and some other things. But the EDD payment class is the big one. It's been actually a pretty long development process because it occurred to us that if we break EDD payment, we break every single site running EDD. (laughs) So it was a little important that we get it right. For sure. Uh, I just pushed out a small update to um, an add on for Restrict Content Pro. Restrict Content Pro has an add on for WP Job Manager, which is a really nice job board plugin from Mike Jolly, the lead developer of WooCommerce. And so this add-on has a lot, basically connects Restrict Content Pro and Job Manager together to allow you to require somebody have a paid subscription to submit jobs. Well, one of the one of the requests that has come in a lot is also the ability to restrict the viewing or uploading of job resumes. So, WP Job Manager has an add-on for managing resumes so that potential employers can see the the, the resumes and the candidates that that have been submitted to the website, um, and so people wanted to re- allow that to require a subscription. So I just pushed out an update that does that, which was kind of a fun little update. Um, any t- anytime I get a play around with some of Mike Jolly's code, it's always usually a pleasure. It's always nice to dig into someone else's code. Uh, and then the other big one for me, which was uh, this, was just announced yesterday. Uh, I have a plugin that that I, I built 5 years ago and have maintained ever since called Easy Content Types.
0: Is that to do like to make working with custom post types easier or
1: Right. It it provides a UI for registering and editing post types, taxonomies and metadata, so metaboxes and meta fields. Um, and so it's a basically just a, a GUI for that. It's honestly one of the plugins that got me started into building plugins as a, as a career, like as a full-time job. Uh, and it's been a staple of my personal portfolio for a long time. Well, yesterday I decided to announce that I'm ready to sell it. I need to, as much as I love the plugin, as much as it's been super important to me, I can't give it the focus that it deserves. So it's kind of been neglected in the last year and a half, just because of the other projects take up more time. Uh, and so I'd like to pass it off to a new owner. So if you, if that interests you in any way, uh, I pushed out a blog post at pippinsplugins.com and you can find information about it there.
0: Cool. We'll link that up in the, in the show notes too.
1: Okay. Enough about me, Brad, what's been keeping you busy in the last week and a half aside from hopefully sleeping?
0: <laughs> oh man. I just feel like I've been <laughs> yes sleeping and, and, uh, and just c- catching up, like just kind of knocking like things down that, that keep coming up. Um, because things kind of piled up while I was uh, at at uh, the community summit and Word, WordCamp US. Uh, when WordPress 4.4 came out, we thought we were ready, but there was like a last minute change, like a bug fix that actually broke offload S3. Well, I shouldn't say it broke it. So it broke responsive images working uh, in offload S3. So if you're offloading your media files, you can't, like the SRC st- set tag won't get added or sorry the attribute won't get added to those images i'll link the track ticket up in the show notes it's actually a bug that was discovered just before release that they fixed and it definitely needed to be fixed because the symptom of the bug is that uh, incorrect images would have been shown
1: (laughs) oh no yeah that's kind of a big one
0: yeah, so it's a big one. So that, that fixed that, but also broke our support for responsive images in offload S3. So we need to do some work and, and get that get a fix out for that soon. And this has also kind of brought us to a place where we're, we've been thinking about using a filter uh, instead of the way we're, we're doing it right now. Um, so the way we do it right now is when you insert an image into a post, it's like inserts the URL to, to Amazon S3. Whereas you could just have it in insert the URL to the you know to the image on your local server, and then before that content is output onto site, we could you could replace that with a filter and kind of do the find and replace dynamically. I mean that's what they're doing for responsive images, right? They're doing it on the fly. Um, so we're thinking about changing up our plugin to do that as well. That would eliminate some problems that we've been having. So.
1: I can see think of two things for that. So one, if so, if you are replacing them dynamically, that's nice because the moment you deactivate the plugin, the images just still work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't it also be a lot less performance friendly?
0: Well, not really, because uh, we're already f- filtering the content for short codes and for for this, for, for responsive images. So it's actually doing a regular expression through the post content. I guess the bottom line is you should be caching your, your site anyway, right?
1: Sure. Uh, so even if it has an impact, it's only on... A few page loads. On,
0: it, well, it's on uncached sites, right? And right. I mean, the fix for it is to cache your site, <laughs> I guess, is the point. I think WordPress, I think the core team may have just made the decision. Like, you know what? We're just going to use filters um, because it's, it's the better way to go. Because there was some, quite a bit of discussion about that for responsive images, whether or not the SRC set attribute should be added in at the time of inserting the image or whether it should be done as a filter, uh, filtering the content on output. The latter is what they ultimately decided on. So I'm thinking- Well, the nice thing
1: about that as well is if they do it post or they like do it on render, then it takes care of all images that were uploaded prior to 4.4.
0: Yeah. And then you don't have to do any finding and replacing on the old content- um, but also it has other effects so for example let's say you added an image size and you regenerated all your thumbnails well you wouldn't have to go through find and replace all your your uh, SRC t- set tags and and add those extra images in or, or remove some that you've deleted um, so you know it's, there's a few advantages there as well uh, what else uh Oh, Ian wrote a nice sneak peek post and has a video in it uh, of the upcoming multi-site tools add-on.
1: Uh, you, I was just looking over that. That is stellar. Yeah,
0: it's pretty cool, right? You can push push and pull between uh, multi multi-site
1: subsites and a single site install. Um, can you? All right. So th- this one I can't quite tell from the um, from the screenshots. So I know that. So with this, it allows you to pull a an external site into a subsite so let's say that I have um, development at I mean development.site.com and this this is one site within a multi-site network and I want to update just that site I can do that right? Yep, you can do that. Okay. Yep. Can you create a new site in my network from an external? So I take an external site and merge it into my network. And I guess I could. You know, I would just have to create a, a placeholder site for that first.
0: Yeah, I think that's the way we decided that Ian decided to do it. Uh, I haven't actually haven't tested it personally uh, uh, very much. So I don't know all the ins and outs of it. But uh, but yeah, we're in the testing phase right now. So that's coming out probably early January, hopefully. Very it's, cool. Um, so yeah, that that's coming down the pipe. And uh, I just want to say at, at the Community Summit uh, and WordPress Camp US, I got really excited about uh, the HTTPS Everywhere Let's Encrypt uh, stuff. So one of the, I think the last episode, wasn't it? Yeah, the last episode of our podcast was about HTTP2. And uh, HTTP2 only works if you have a secure site. It, you know, it only works on HTTPS. None of the browsers support like regular HTTP. Um, so to get all the benefits of HTTP2, you need HTTPS. And HTTPS, I don't know, if you, have you ever had to install an SSL certificate? <laughs> or even buy one? <laughs> well, I mean, had
1: to- I've had to buy them numerous times. Thankfully, I've never had to do the actual install process.
0: Right. But even to buy one's a huge pain. You have to create a certificate signing request. Oh, it's request. a giant
1: pain. <laughs> yeah. And, right? and you, every time I do it, I feel like I'm using technology from 15, 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then they email you the the, the certificate like, yeah. and, and you copy and paste it out of your email. Like the
1: Komodo <laughs> site, whatever that site or company is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Komodo, yeah. Ancient. Yeah, yeah. So... So Let's Encrypt allows you to get a free SSL certificate that expires in 90 days. And the reason that expires in 90 days is because they want people they want people to automate it. They want people to automatically renew their certificates at, at least every 90 days, ideally even sooner, maybe every month you, you would renew your SSL certificate and it's automatically install a new one. And that just promotes better security. Um, so, so basically, uh, this will allow people to, you know, get free SSL certificates and never have to deal with them again. I mean, like, how awesome is that going to be? Um, It'll be amazing. And and uh, John Blackburn and, and Zach Tolmans is work are working on a WordPress plugin that connects to the Let's Encrypt API and sends it the necessary information that it needs to generate a certificate and then downloads the certificate to your server. And so it does a lot of the work uh, to get your certificate, and and then the, and then there's plans, uh, and this is all done through W. Or I'm saying it's done. <laughs> there is no WordPress plugin yet. We're, it's still early days. Um, but the plan is that it will use WP CLI, so you'll be able to do like WP Cert New, and it'll just get you a new certificate and just spit it out right there in the folder that you're in. Um, so cool. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I wrote a blog post about it, so check it out if you're interested uh, about the details. Yeah,
1: actually, uh, I, I was not, uh, in the, in the talk that Zach gave, um, but I read your blog post afterwards and that was the first time that it kind of all clicked for me what they were all, what they were discussing and it's so cool. I really want to get in and set it up on a site and I, I think my server supports it. So I need to, go and give it a try.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really like this, this really won't be an issue for you. If you're, um, if you, if you have web hosting, it's, I mean, your, your web host is going to end up setting it up at some point and it'll just work and you'll have HTTPS. Right. Um, so this is, um, uh, but if you're managing your own server, that's where this kind of, this stuff you kind of need to be aware of and
1: yeah, definitely
0: setting it up. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Uh, we're we're in the process of hiring. We've got a couple of guys on trial right now. So, uh, that's are you
1: hiring a developer, support, something else? Another All developer,
0: yeah, another developer that that will also pitch in with support. All of our developers are also support people. We
1: excellent. What does that put in? your team at right now? How many people are you?
0: Uh, we're five, uh, not including me. It's, it's there's five, and and this will be our sixth
1: higher that's great yeah very cool
0: yeah so
1: all right should we jump in we want to talk about some of the new things in wordpress 4.4 yeah all right so why don't you you want to start us off with responsive images yeah i mean actually touched on this a little bit yeah
0: we did touch on a little bit i mean and, and we touched on it a lot actually um way back in april in episode 39 we really did a deep dive on responsive images and what it's all about and how it, how it plays into WordPress. You know, I'd really recommend going back there and learning all the ins and outs of it. Um, but really, you don't need to do anything because <laughs> WordPress 4.4 just has responsive images. It just, like, flipped the switch and it's automatically turned on for your WordPress site. If you've upgraded to 4.4, just take a look at the source on, on the front end of your site where images show up in posts and you'll start to see an, uh, or you'll be seeing an SRC set attribute and there that's responsive images. Um, so I mean, do, do, should we go kind of touch on like what responsive images means or should we go yeah, into why that? Why don't you go
1: and give a quick overview for anybody who is not aware or hasn't listened to the previous episode
0: so you don't want to serve a giant image, right, uh, for a mobile device like that has a, you know, six-inch screen or or a, you know, whatever four-inch screen. So what responsive images allows you to do is you just define all the image sizes that you have, and then the browser determines which one to use. And it also takes into account not just the size of the screen, but the the pixel density. So if you have a retina display for example it'll serve the image that's going to look best uh, on a retina display so that's basically what responsive images is it's a big improvement over the you know the previous solution which i think was well for for retina it was to have like the at 2x pre uh, suffix um on your on your um, images you know what i'm talking about i do yeah and, and then you'd swap it and de- then you'd use CSS to like determine if it was a retina screen or not and swap it in. <laughs> it's a pretty big improvement over that. Um, so yeah, that's basically, have you tried uh, responsive images?
1: Honestly, I haven't yet. Um, my primary sites aren't updated to 4.4 yet. So I just have it on my local. I don't do a whole lot with images locally. So I haven't, <laughs> honestly, I haven't dug into it.
0: Good point on uh, not upgrading because I upgraded and uh, the Markdown plugin (laughs) it broke, Uh, and uh, luckily it's coded in a way so that it doesn't actually break. Like all of our posts didn't like just start showing up in Markdown on the my site's not
1: being upgraded was is just because uh, they're all managed by Pagely, and so Pagely does the updates and they roll them out um, to all sites simultaneously at a certain point in time. Right. Uh, and usually it's about a week or two weeks after the re- the release goes out. So I just I don't even touch it. I just wait until they've done all their testing and confirm everything works well on their platform, and they take care of it.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Nice.
1: Um, some of the other things that were in 4.4 4 that are are really are going to be handy for uh, primarily plugin developers. Um, there's three new objects, new classes that they've introduced. Um, If you're familiar with, say, WP Post or WP User uh, would be two of the primary ones. There's three new classes now, one for WP Comment, so for interacting with a comment object. Uh, There's a WP Term for uh, taxonomy terms. And then there's WP Network for interacting with a site within a network. I've got links to them that we'll put into the show notes on the new developer.wordpress.org site that describe them in detail as well as show the source code for them. But definitely check them out. Um,
0: Have you played I, with these at all?
1: I haven't yet, but I'm going to be playing with probably WP Term and WP Network soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, for WP Term, uh, in the near future, I'm going to be using Term Meta inside of Restrict Content Pro. So Restrict Content Pro has a feature that allows you to restrict a post category and say that every post inside of this category is automatically restricted to these subscription levels or these particular um access requirements, things like that. Uh, but it doesn't work on custom taxonomies because until 4.3, the idea of term meta didn't exist. So if you wanted to do custom metadata on terms, you, really, you either had to register your own table uh, or you had to use WP options. Which was kind of a messy workaround, and so I just chose to not do it. So here in the near, in the hopefully in the very near future, I'm going to update that feature to work on all custom taxonomies as well uh, using term meta, and in which case I'll probably use WP Term. Nice. And then WP Network, I'm going to do something similar. Um, I've been wanting to to build out like if somebody subscribes, let's say they sign up for a subscription, create a new site in the network for them, and that will use WP Network for sure. How about you? Have you, or do you have anything in the near future?
0: No, I haven't touched those. Uh, I'm I'm curious about uh, WP Comment because I heard a lot of chatter about it. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I, did, I, I you know people kept mentioning WP Comment, but I, they didn't ex- you know explain why why it was uh, why it was
1: super cool that's been added. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily directly related to WP Comment, but I think it was related to a separate subject, which was basically. Uh, the side loading of comments on posts. Oh. I, I, I could be completely wrong, but I believe it, there was there was a lot of discussion about the way that comments are are queried and cached. The discussion was along the lines of like if we query a post, we are, we're also querying the comments associated with that post at the same time, mm-hmm. and I believe it went hand in hand with the development of WP Comment.
0: Huh. Okay. Interesting. I know I worked on a track ticket uh, that improved the performance of, uh, of comments of loading comments. I think we were getting every comment like individually or something like one comment at a time. I can't remember exactly.
1: That that might be it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't see it in track in my, you know how you can go into track and you see my tickets. It wasn't showing Mm -hmm. up in there, so it might be resolved. Um, So that might've been part of that. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, let's talk about the REST API since that yeah. was pretty much what any, no, everyone was talking about at, at WordCamp <laughs> US and that and Calypso, right? Um, right. Were, we're, pretty big topics.
1: All right. So why do you want to start and give us a quick rundown of what actually made it into core for the REST API? Because we, I think anybody who's paid, it, paid any attention knows that not the entire API is in core. There's just part of it. So what part is in core right now?
0: I don't even know I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I never okay. really looked into it my, my guess is I'm gonna guess and you can tell me if I'm right um, is that just the the kind of the scaffolding of being able to add your own endpoints in, is in there
1: yeah yeah that's correct
0: okay but the actual like if you wanted to query posts and stuff those endpoints aren't in there yet is that right correct yes
1: Yep. Yep. That's totally, that's exactly it. Uh, So you can now register. Well, actually you can, you can do your endpoints, you can do fields. And I think maybe one other thing. So like a field would be um, like, if you want to register a particular meta field on an existing endpoint. Um, So, right. So right now you can register your, your own custom endpoints, which is super handy. So let's say that you want to build an API for uh, your plugin, whatever your plugin does. And you want to register an endpoint for it and then output all that data in, the, in JSON. That you can now do that now with what's in core. Um, I think I'm not hundred percent sure on this. I need to double check, but I believe one of the caveats to that is all of the authentication, the OAuth2, the basic authentication, um, those are not in core yet. But I could be wrong on that. So if you know and you're listening, please correct us because this is something I haven't delved into enough yet. Um, I did just start playing with it. Um, actually on my trip flight to WordCamp US, I started building a REST API for restrict Content Pro and I, I was extending the one from Core. And yeah, super handy. I, I was able to build like a fully functional REST API with both get and post and delete methods in like an hour,
0: uh, I just somebody mentioned that you should stop using like if you're using the admin ajax uh, end endpoint to output JSON and as your kind of as your API right now, uh, you should stop doing that. And oh, use, absolutely! But why? Why I can't? I couldn't. I don't remember. Because the
1: API is a whole lot faster.
0: Oh, it's faster, so it's just more performant.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, with there's a whole lot of things that run when admin AJAX is loaded. Sure. Like all of WordPress is. The only thing that's not loaded, I think, is the front end. Um, and with the with the API, that's not the case.
0: It's really? A whole so, lot faster. So it doesn't load your plugins, like?
1: No, it loads the plugins still, but yeah, um, a lot of a lot of the actions that would normally run are not run. Um, I see. I I don't know exactly which ones. But um, I, I have to double check. I think Chris kristoff did some some testing on it because he was actually working on a senior project related to some EDD stuff, and he built out a custom REST API. And I believe he he tested the the performance of it and fa- and like benchmarked it, and it was dramatically faster. Another good p- person to ask about that would be uh, Josh Pollock from Caldera Forms. Uh, he's he's done a lot of custom REST API work, Uh, and I believe he actually, he might have either done a post or a discussion somewhere that mentioned the performance impacts of it.
0: Oh yeah, I think I heard about that.
1: There's some other other advantages as well. Um, So one of the the big ones is that (laughs) if you've ever built anything that relies on admin Ajax and you have enough users of the plugin, you probably had somebody else's plugin completely break your processing because they installed a privacy plugin or something that blocks admin access to non-site administrators, which also blocks blocks Admin Ajax. Um, So one of the nice advantages is that if you use the REST API, that just doesn't even happen anymore. Disadvantage, however, is that REST API can be easily disabled, whereas like there's an actual way to just say, nope, REST API, you don't even exist whereas admin ajax is always there the only way to to disable it is to block access to it through say like um through a specific hook like admin init or through ht access or something similar
0: right yeah I've, we've we've ran into that but um uh, web host blocking admin ajax or something which is crazy <laughs> is it yeah, I guess it's not completely crazy because they were in that case they were blocking it uh, where the referrer was not the local host. So, you know, if if we if I open the dashboard for deliciousbrains.com, um, it, it would allow any requests from deliciousbrains.com, but if I tried to run admin ajax from, you know, your site or something, it would it wouldn't allow that request. Um, so that's not completely crazy, but uh, yeah, still
1: slightly obnoxious when you're trying to track it down.
0: You know what we actually did? So we we just spoofed the referrer <laughs> Yeah, we we when we submit the referrer header, we submit it for the site that we're submitting to, so that it looks like it's coming from the local, uh, from See? the like and the dashboard. Why
1: you can't trust referrers
0: <laughs> You can't trust headers. Yeah, for sure.
1: They're too easy to spoof.
0: Yeah. Um, so Jeff, uh, my on my team, Jeff Gould, he actually wrote a post uh, about the WordPress 4.4 uh, REST API, um, and he wrote a single page app that that interacts with uh, endpoints that he set up and all that stuff. So it's a good place to check it out if you're interested. Yeah,
1: I was just looking over that a little bit ago. Excellent post. Yeah, there's a couple of issues that have come about with the release of 4.4. Um, two that I'm aware of, and the I found these ones through through our support uh, systems. Uh, one is that sometimes plugin updates are failing. So if you, if you ever see an error message when installing a plugin uh, or even uploading a brand new plugin that says like, you can't install this because the file already exists type of error message, um, there were some changes made to the file system API with how it interacts with, I think the FTP class or something that is causing those to fail on some servers. There's, it's a, the track ticket is already like 150 comments long. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it, huge. Um, but so that's happening uh, for select cases. I've honestly, I think it's a pretty, as much activity as there is on the track ticket, I think it's still a pretty localized issue. Um, I've done a ton of plugin updates since, and I haven't seen any problems with it. I um, mean, the second is that SSL certificate verification when like verifying the local cert is oh. failing for some sites. Oh. We we discovered this because so if it basically if you're using the WP Remote API, the WP HTTP class, and you are passing as you should the SSL verify parameter as true, which is the default. Um, and if that local cert doesn't verify, it kills the request. Um, so one way to get around it, which is only a temporary thing, you shouldn't do unless you absolutely have to, is you can tell it to not verify the cert. Um, But there is a fix that they're working on. I think it's Milestone for 441. Um, Basically, I think some cert files actually got removed or modified or something like that. But we discovered it because uh, we have our uh, MailChimp add-on for EDD. And suddenly, like in two days, we had three, four, even five tickets from people saying, um, the list that I have in MailChimp aren't showing up in my settings screen. What's going on? And we tracked it down and figured out that the cert verification was failing. Um, So if you see anything like that, it's probably related to that ticket. Man. Any other issues?
0: Try to find find that bug.
1: (laughs) It it, it took us forever just to even track down why it was happening. And actually, I got lucky because um, Danny... Uh, who writes the, uh, the main MailChimp for WordPress plugin, uh, probably the most popular MailChimp plugin for WordPress out there, uh, he had tracked it down and beat me to it. And so I actually found a solution in his support forms. So thank you, Danny. Nice. Um, yeah, because I was having a heck of a time trying to do it because it wasn't failing on my local site. It wasn't failing on any of my live sites. It was just failing on customer sites.
0: Yeah. We've had a lot of problems with, with local search verification failing. Uh, so, we actually, in, in, in Migrate uh, DB Pro, you actually, it's disabled by default. It's a checkbox in the advanced settings, so you can easily enable it. Uh, but you know, we had to make as a default because it was just like you know, it's too much. It was important. it's probably it was probably like one in five people were running into that yeah. problem, and so it's just although it's not secure, you know, the optimal security to have it dis- disabled by default. We used to
1: have it disabled by default in uh-huh. our software licensing that on for installing plugin updates because we had the same exact problem. Yeah, um, and then it, the problem actually ended up going away because of a change in WordPress for the positive.
0: Which yes. Is nice. Yes, I've um, heard. I've heard that. I don't remember what version it was. Um, I, if
1: uh, remind me of sometime, and I can dig up the track ticket for you. Uh, it was a couple versions back, but I think Zach Tolman pointed it out to me, and that was a huge help. Um, I, I added the exact same option, the toggle, to my Mailchimp add-on for Ninja Forms because of the exact same problem.
0: Right. I yeah. W- the plan right now, I think, for us is to enable it for all new installs going forward and, and then in a future version that we release uh, and see how that does and then if that's okay then we might enable it for everyone else and then just you'll only be able to just disable it with a hook uh, in the code but we have to do it very carefully because otherwise we just get hammered with support <laughs> you know um, anyways should we wrap it up
1: yeah let's do it so a lot of great things in WordPress 4.4 um, and, and other updates. So if you have any questions or comments or anything else that you guys you would like to throw out or tell us anything that we got horribly wrong, let us know. You know where to find us, Twitter, on the show, show comments, or anywhere else.
0: Awesome. Talk to you next time, guys. All
1: right. Thanks, everyone.